0: Ladies and gentlemen, let's embark on one of the most exciting podcasts on the air today. We call this podcast Hitting the Mark. My name is Ray Carr, along with Cindy Verbalen, and the star of our show, the man who knows everything, Mr. Jeffrey Mark. I get goosebumps every time you introduce me, Ray. (laughs) Welcome, everybody. This is Hitting the Mark. I'm the mark that gets hit today, and today's a little special every week is special, but to special because it's personal. We're going to be discussing a couple who have a unique part of show business history, not only because I cannot think of too many singing couples who had 50-year careers together and uh, separate ones as well, but also because they were a part of my personal life. And my family's personal life, we're talking today about the incredible Steve Lawrence and Edie Gore May. So, for those of you who might be a little too young to remember where they came from, or even that they were such big stars, my friend Steve Allen had a big part in this. So it's 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 double, triple, and quadruple personal for me. Steve Lawrence was born Sidney Leibowitz And he grew up in the East New York section of Brooklyn where I was born, where my parents were brought up. And through elementary school and junior high school, everybody knew him as Sid. But Steve had talent and he was really good looking in a mid 20th century Jewish sort of way, good looking. And uh, he began singing professionally. Eventually, being brought to the attention of my friend Steve Allen, who was putting together the Tonight Show, the first original Tonight Show. Steve found, now Steve Lawrence, he also found Andy Williams, and Edie Gourmet. Edie was uh, something of a little bit different for Brooklyn people. She was a Sephardic Jew, meaning her background was not Eastern Europe and Yiddish language, and chopped liver, and gefilte fish. She was a Spanish Jew. Her home Spanish was spoken, and the Jewish culture was a a completely different kind than the kind we grew up with. But Steve met her on the show, and they began to date. So we're gonna talk about their dating, how that fits in with my mother and father, and uh, the growth of these two very talented youngsters almost into a cottage industry of their own. So, Ray and Cindy, fire away. Steve Lawrence had a very, very good voice, and he seemed like a lot of other singers of his time uh, that professional lounge singer. But what do you feel made Steve Lawrence uh, a cut above the rest? A lot of things, actually. First of all, he's an intelligent man. He didn't have a great education. He had—he was educated by the New York City school system. And I can't tell you for certain that he actually did graduate from high school or not. Steve Lawrence and Danny Kay and a whole bunch of other people attended Thomas Jefferson High School in Brooklyn, as did my mother and father. I think what Steve had going for him was... An unusual warmth both uh, in front of the camera and by the microphone mm-hmm. he was a splendid comedy actor a lot of people who knew steve the, the, for instance this is the opinion of uh, dick martin of rowan martin's laughing that if steve had not become a singer he still would have been a star as a comedian i, I don't mean mm-hmm. a stand-up comedian But as somebody who did sketches on variety shows, someone who would have been in films or on Broadway, just playing comedy, he was really, really good at that. Well, he was great as Maurice Slime. Yeah. And the Blues Brothers, yeah. And wonderful on every variety show. It's why Carol Burnett had him on so often, not just because he could stand there and be pretty and sing, but because he was wonderful in the sketches with her. He was well-built enough to take off his shirt if it was necessary and and not look bad. Uh, He wasn't terribly tall, but he was well-built. He stayed in shape. And I think there was a humanity about him that shone through his performances. He was just so darn likable. And I can tell you the same thing was true in person. Uh, He just radiated warmth and hey. I like you, like me back kind of feeling where some of his contemporaries might've been a little better looking, uh, might have sung a teeny bit better, or might have had perhaps a little better taste in the songs chosen. Steve had a great voice. Steve did not do better or worse than Vic Damone or Jack Jones or a whole bunch of other people who were his contemporaries. Steve was never in a Frank Sinatra class. Uh, Steve did not have a whole long string of hits. He did not have a whole long string of albums. His recording history, there were some hits early on in the 50s and early 60s. And after that, he and Edie, as a couple just became a mainstay in Las Vegas and gambling places in nightclubs and on television. I think if Steve would have had someone in his corner choosing better songs and maybe sometimes choosing better arrangements, his singing, his solo singing might be better remembered today. But I think what what sets him apart is his sense of humor. He's just such a nice man. Yeah. What was your relationship with him? Well, in my house, he was Uncle Sid, uh, which is something I have to explain. My mother and father met very young. They met first day of high school. In fact, the way Joel and I met, first day of high school. And my mother and then Sid, as much as junior high school kids date, they dated. He was in my grandmother's house. He was in their home for meals. Uh, They did homework together. They went to school dances together. They weren't in love, but they were casually dating. And my mother was very supportive of his career. Uh, She found it exciting that he was so talented. I wish she'd felt that way about me, but she did feel that way about him. Uh, Right around the time that my mother and father started becoming something, Steve got on The Tonight Show and uh, met Edie. Now, my folks married the same year that The Tonight Show went coast to coast. But Steve had been on the air in New York earlier than that. and, And Steve Lawrence had been on the show. So Steve and Edie began to date right around the time my parents were engaged. I will never know what happened, but my mother who is not known for her tact said or did something that really set Edie off when they met Uh, Steve brought her to East New York to meet his friends. And this, this probably best illustrates this better than anything I could tell you many, many, many years later, I'm writing the first version of the Lucy book, the first Lucy book. And I called Steve and Edie's people. They were living in Las Vegas at the time. Edie was still alive. Could I please interview them? Because they were on an episode of Here's Lucy. And Lucy was on an episode of the Steve Lawrence Variety Show in 1965. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they'd love to do it. Yeah, I said, and besides, you know, I've met Steve. And my mother went to school with him and dated him. Who's your mother? And I, I give my mother's name. She said, can't let you through. I said, why? Edie won't have it. I said, this is 40 years after the fact. I'm amazed Edie Gourmet even remembers who my mother is. Wow. But I will never know what my mother said or did that we were banned because of it the last time i saw steve was in 1967 he and Edie were on broadway doing a very adult musical called golden rainbow that had uh some nudity in it so i they couldn't bring me to the show but we went backstage and steve was so thrilled to see us he kissed my mother he kissed my father he grabbed me hugged me kissed me put me up on his shoulders we talked for about an hour, but in the background, so we were in the backstage area. We didn't go to his dressing room. We just stayed backstage. Edie was screaming and yelling at the poor man who was the conductor. I don't remember his name, but obviously there had been something wrong with a tempo where he was fighting Edie for how she wanted to sing a song and she was letting him have it. So I never met Edie, uh, my, my encounters with Steve were only by himself. So I had no idea there was, there was enmity between my mother and Edie till many, many, many years later. And uh, it's just one of those strange things that Steve Allen was a part of my life and Steve Lawrence was a part of my life and Steve Allen got Steve Lawrence famous and uh, there we were. So it's, 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 it's really complicated uh, uh, part of my personal life. Uh, Edie was a genius singer. Edie was really in the mold of Judy Garland, Barbara Streisand, one of the ladies who you consider one of the belters, women who really knew how to belt out a song, hold long notes, their 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 songs full of vibrato and emotion, and Edie had a very wide range. So there's a little Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughan in her, but she could hit very high notes. Uh, she wasn't beautiful. She wasn't thin, past being very young, but she was pretty. She was sexy, and girdles and whatever corsets women used to wear back then and good makeup and always a wig. Those were always wigs on Edie's head. She was very attractive. I think Edie had better arrangements for her songs and sometimes better taste. Uh, I used to joke that Edie would just record one album after another with almost no thought No, Edie Gourmet sings songs that begin with W. That's how little thought went into some of her albums but some of them really yielded some very big hits uh, including probably her biggest hit, which was uh, If You Walked Into My Life from Maine. And then Steve and Edie were together, probably the biggest proponents of music written by Steve Allen. So Steve's biggest hit, uh, This Could Be the Start of Something Big was originally a hit for Steve and Edie. So again, Steve Allen causes Steve and Edie to start recording together. And so there was this this three-way recording history, Steve's albums, Edie's albums, and the Steve and Edie albums. Then a fourth layer, because of Edie's Spanish, they decided to do some ethnic albums where she would sing uh, with Trio Los Panchos or by herself, Singing things only in Spanish that were released in the United States but became enormous hits in South America and the Caribbean. So there was that extra career they had where, uh, you know, Steve would perform or Edie would perform, they performed together and then they tour South America and the Caribbean with Edie being the bigger star and singing in Spanish. That's a lot of work we're talking yeah. about here. Was there animosity? Between the two, I don't think so. They were very show wise. They knew their career depended on their chemistry. They, I, I believe, I honestly believe they were in love. I don't think they married just for career. They loved their children. Unfortunately, they lost one, and that was a big tragedy for them. Uh, when they lost their son, that was, Edie was never really the same after that. There are people who knew her. When a, Jews, when a Jewish person loses an, an immediate family member, there's a period of, of a week called sitting Shiva. Where mm-hmm. you Go and visit the person and be of support to them and they mourn, openly mourn. And Joan Rivers used to tell the story of going to sit Shiva with them. And Edie was just inconsolable, crying, crying, crying. And then all of a sudden she looks at Joan and goes, ooh, those pearls you're wearing, where did you get them? And how much did they cost? And can I get a set like them? And Joan said it was like someone was schizophrenic, like two different people were talking to her from being hysterical to discussing jewelry. Wow. That's what, that's what sort of happened to Edie's mind. Uh, Edie began to have some stage fright. More and more, uh, she'd start to work, and Steve would have to come out on stage and join her, and offer support for her to get through things. And uh, you know, eventually, Edie had some health problems; she had some back issues, and uh, they they didn't work as much; they didn't tour as much. They spent a lot more time at home in Las Vegas. So I, I don't think, to, to, to give you the bigger answer to your question, I don't think there was animosity between them. Steve had hits. Edie had hits. The money that came in was theirs shared. And, and, and by the time the 1970s happened, really and truly, it was Steve and Edie. They weren't really working separately anymore, unless mm-hmm. one of them got booked on a on variety show, of which there were very few. So when Carol Burnett had Edie on, she didn't have Steve. When she had Steve on, she didn't have Edie, but she had both of them on often. So I I think it was, marriages are strange things anyway. Show business marriages are even stranger, (laughs) especially when you are working together. So it's your business, your home life, you are together. I have heard all kinds of stories about Edie. Difficult to work with. uh, Didn't like sharing my spotlight. Didn't like pretty girls around her. I have no idea if those things are true. Because I didn't witness any of that. Steve, this gives you a good insight into Steve Lawrence. I'm having lunch one day with Dick Martin. And we're out at his house in Malibu. And Steve calls because Steve and Dick Martin were very close friends. And Steve was straight. Dick was straight. Dick was married to wonderful Dolly. They had a wonderful marriage. Steve had Edie. But Dick cooted to that telephone how much he loved. Oh, Steve, I'm so glad you called. I've missed you. I've been, I love you so much, buddy. And you could hear on the other end, Steve returning all the love. And Dick hung up. And I, I looked at Dick and he said, yeah, he's worth it. He's that nice of a person. I just adore Steve. That's how people felt about Steve. I've never heard a bad word said about Steve Lawrence by anybody except my father because he was jealous. Hmm. Hmm. This is Hitting the Mark. I'm Cindy Verbalin here with Ray Carr and our star of the show, Jeffrey Mark. And this week we are talking about Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet.